Meanwhile... drugstore, where you can find hundreds of items from aspirin and razor blades to Cokes and chocolate sundaes. I see where the football team has a new goalie. I want to make all the difference next Saturday. Yeah, well, I'll still put my... The meeting is casual. the younger set, who spend their leisure time indulging in laughter, calories, and that great American institution, the jukebox. The conversation is innocent, for the walls of enemy area have ears. There's a department store. It isn't all small talk. When cover for the visit has been established, the work begins. Featuring the latest spring fashions. Work which will soon end in a special operation in the capital of enemy area, 90 miles away. 
hardware store. They're offering a special on gardening tools today. The musical accompaniment will jam any dictaphones the enemy may have planted. A library. Steve will carry the plan for that operation those 90 miles. a church. Steve, the traveling salesman for a collaborationist sales firm. Strangely enough, its doors are always locked. perfect cover for a trip to the capital. But there are many strange things about this town. Microfilm under a phony callus. Even a casual observer would note the utter cleanliness of the streets and houses. Okay, Steve, that does it. He would also receive the impression that everything in town was brand new, as though it had sprung up overnight. Put this on, you're all set. A closer examination of the inhabitants would reveal that all of them seem to be in their early 20s. That's quite a belt, Steve. With it, you can hold up your pants and enemy aircraft production at the same time. <laughs> Businessmen, mechanics. A piece of film with a plan. A belt with a coded message. A courier with cover, confidence, courage. Even more unusual is the absence of older people.
a sense, Steve. And children. No matter where you look, there aren't any children. Everything in the bag. Yet the population seems large enough and busy enough. Well, so long, good luck to you. See you on the way back. Most of the activity seems to center around the campus of a small college that is located in the center of town. an extension of these classrooms. no ordinary school. The students here have been hand-picked from thousands of applicants all over the country. Although they may come from different walks of life, certain characteristics are common to all. They are brilliant and determined. Steve is caught. Caught because he brought along a pistol to get him out of the jail. 
Instead, it got him into one. We turn now to the subject of motor travel in the United States of America. It happened this way. Steve was feeling romantic when he left Frank's. You will find that as you drive from city to city, few Americans any longer use decentralized hotels which have been a part of the past. he had a date. There was an embrace, and the girl's hand accidentally touched the pistol that Steve carried in the small of his back. Instead, they used small places of residence on the outskirts of cities, on the main highways, which are called motels. Now the small of the back may be a good place to hide a pistol, but not in a tight squeeze. Motor hotel, motor court, and the like. But first, before going into this subject more in more detail, we will see a short training film in which you will see demonstrations of devices which have been used successfully in the past, as well as some of the latest models that are available. a date with a girl. Now he's got a date with a secret police. Hey, close the
This is a typical American motel. Well, Steve, this is it. They can be found all over the United States. This is where Frank Handiworth gets the acid test. Since most Americans use automobiles as their basic mode of transportation, motels have become very popular. All right, strip. Quickly, please. Because of the luxurious facilities that most motels offer, even those who travel by rail or air seem to prefer them to the ordinary hotels that are found near transportation terminals. No license, no smoke. As you can see, the interior of this room offers many opportunities for the use of surreptitious listening devices. Pick that cigarette up. Now give it to me. A few years ago, the only devices available to us were tiny microphones, which could be installed behind the walls or under the floors. Don't try that again. You're not the first who tried to burn a message in a cigarette. However, the installation of these microphones took time, and the accompanying wire made them susceptible to discovery. Now get your clothes off. Today, we are no longer faced with that problem. If you could only get out of this room for minutes, Steve. To the unpracticed eye, there is nothing suspicious about this room. One minute to whip off that phony callus and destroy the belt. One minute, maybe two. That's all you need. Nevertheless, these men are for all practical purposes speaking directly into a microphone.
You're listening to KLFM.org in beautiful Split, Croatia. Mid Valley. Cover, confidence, courage. Mutations. Try and think of something, Steve. As part of the decor, most motel rooms display inexpensive lithographs enclosed in a simple frame. Say, do you mind if I go to the car before we get on with this? The president will be granted no requests in the lap of the search. This one, however, is used to camouflage one of the simplest devices available. Tough luck. Enclosed within the frame, behind the print, is a complete battery-operated microphone and transmitter. But you see, the enemy knows the more important the piece of evidence is to you, the more important it is to them. no wires or buttons visible. The batteries can operate continuously for more than 200 hours and are easily obtained. And they don't want that evidence flushed out for them. Still think you have a chance, Steve? advantages that this unit possesses are obvious. A new picture can simply be exchanged with one already in the room, or if time permits, the existing picture can be utilized by inserting the transmitter kit into the frame. of an inch is the minimum thickness of frame that is required for installation. Reception is usually excellent, no matter where the voices are located in the room. Uh, that production figure for DC. 
your sleeve. You're in for a blow. You're going to find that in enemy areas, when a man's under definite suspicion, searches are thorough and complete. conversation be plainly heard, but a permanent record made, one that can be used for future reference simply by using this small tape recorder in conjunction with the rest of the equipment. They begin at the top of your head. It's no exaggeration to say not a hair is left unturned. The listener doesn't have to be close to the transmitter. He can be a block away, sometimes up to a quarter of a mile away if conditions are just right. Passerby would notice nothing out of the ordinary here. Just a motorist checking his route on a road map. Your mouth gets special attention.
appearances can deceive. That hearing aid in his ear is actually wired to a tiny receiver, which allows him to hear what is being said in the motel room. Good investigators know that teeth make good hiding places, and they're as efficient as a dentist tailing a cavity. conversation can be made under these circumstances just as easily as if he were hidden from view. Later, if they're still suspecting, they may remove your fillings and bridgework. recorder can be hidden quite simply, as this man has done. There is enough wire on the spools to record continuously for four hours if necessary. Volume controls are simple to make. To you, your eyes are a priceless possession. To the investigator, they're nothing more than highly suspect areas for hidden messages. However, entry is not necessary in order to hear what is being said within a room. If the wall is so thick, that the sound waves are blurred or otherwise indistinct. A long metal probe can be attached to the mic and pushed through the inner wall to the inside of the wall of the other room. The vibrations then pass from the wall through the probe to the microphone, clearly reproducing any sounds emanating from the next room. Your entire body is scrutinized, inch by inch. Fingernails. Skin. Nails. The contact microphone has other uses. Because of its small size, it is easily concealed and can be used even in public with success.
Above all, the private parts are carefully inspected. It is a simple matter to lean against a telephone booth without attracting attention. The microphone is simply carried in a coat or trouser pocket and pressed against the glass. The conversation can be heard clearly by the listener. That's all. Put on the towel. The microphone is used in conjunction with a receiver that may be located either on the body of the carrier or positioned some distance away. They're getting warm, Steve. These are only a few of the devices that are available. Let's look at them again. Our friend here seems a little perturbed about his speech. It might be wise to show as much concern for this region as he shows by so nervously biting his lip. The picture frame transmitter. It can transmit all the sounds in an average room as far as a quarter of a mile under optimum conditions. Well, Steve, if you pardon a cruel joke, you really put your foot in it that time. The contact microphone with different sized probes. It may be used with or without the probes and will faithfully reproduce all the sounds within an average room. You should have known that if you don't watch your reactions, the enemy will. Wristwatch mic. It will pick up a voice clearly up to a distance of 12 feet. An attitude consistent with your cover. Indignation. Resigned dignity or willing collaboration might have saved you, but here you are, a courier already out of a job, and the clone search just beginning. The tie clasp microphone. Its range is also 12 feet. These small microphones will reproduce all sounds in an average-sized room. When it comes to clothes and personal effects, investigators take nothing for granted. 
This wire recorder can operate continuously for four hours. They begin on the premise that every item contains a message and carry on from there. Probably as good a place as any to wrap things up for this week's program. Mid-Valley Mutations cover Courage and Confidence, a spy versus spy joint. It's a live mini-mutation, and it's been a little while because I've been busy, but I do enjoy doing this so very much, and so uh, hopefully... We can get back into the rhythm of things. I need to find another balancing point for the program because I need to find a way to get playing records back on the show uh, without compromising this. And uh, uh, we might have figured it out a little bit uh, with the Marcus Little show at the beginning. It's kind of nice to have that bumper uh, before we get started. And so that might be something I consider doing more and more of with a, a little bit of a musical bumper up front uh, so I can DJ a tiny bit and get that out of the system and then we can mutate. That's the plan anyway, so um, <clears throat> please uh, keep checking back with the show and see how it goes because uh, uh, I'd like to see if I get there. Um, while I'm talking about it, MarcusLittleAdventures.com All the information about the program. We are practically done with the show it seems crazy we've been working on it for so long the the end is coming up soon we're wrapping things up so please stick around check it out enjoy it's it's been a lot of fun to see this come uh become real uh and for people to be able to hear it Uh, and i had a lot of fun making it and i hope you enjoy it too Dime Store Radio Theater, uh, you know, I'm starting to think that might be best as a new podcast. I know I've been saying that for a little while, but, uh, you know, if we make it its own thing, uh, that might kind of seal the deal for me in terms of uh, some fun projects that would, uh, well, scratch a lot of itches for me. Let's just say that. So um, if you have thoughts on Dime Store Radio Theater, just let me know. Um, And then, of course, if you want to know anything about any of this, MidValleyMutations.com. A lot of information is there for you to enjoy, which is a, a good way to uh, kind of figure out what we're doing at any given moment. You know, it's about time for the uh, hour to flip over, so uh, why don't I just kind of get out of here and let us take care of some business, and then we'll move on to the next thing. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. Without you, there would be no program seeing you. You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split, Croatia. Mid-Valley. Cover. Confidence. Courage. Mutations.
The small tape recorder, which can fit into a shirt pocket, can record continuously for one hour. They begin at the top, Steve, and work down. These are some of the tools of your trade. Weapons of democracy. Learn them well. Or are you familiar with that procedure by now? studied and ripped out if necessary. After lunch, you will have an opportunity to try each of the devices which you saw in the film. We'll take each of them in turn, learn what makes them work, and then practice the different installations. A coat gets a going over that would make its tailor squirm. The lining, shoulder padding, seams and pockets are checked and double checked. Labels come off. Buttons are examined. Shirts and underwear get the ultraviolet ray treatment for invisible laundry marks. Sewing is checked against the possibility of writing coded messages on thread. Shoes are potential gold mines of evidence. Gold mines soon essayed. The space between the sole, the hollows of the heel, the canvas lining under the tongue and the shoelace tips are all searched. Yes, Steve, the places for concealment were infinite. But the investigators were infinitely patient. And how about your effects, Steve? Will they stand up as well as your clothes? Again, each article is considered suspicious until its innocence has been proved. When the naked eye fails, Magnifying glasses and microscopes take over, searching for pinpricks and markings containing coded messages. No area is too small or too insignificant for the investigator's attention. Confidence, courage.
Buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you today by Del Monte Tomato Products. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte Foods presents Rocky Jordan and this week's story, Cairo Vendetta. Cairo is a city of strange contrasts in many ways. The blinding heat, the noise and confusion of the day, compare that to the cool, restful quiet of the night. But on this particular night, I was in my room up over the tambourine, about as sound asleep as a man can get. But it couldn't stay that way. A rock clattered across the floor, and all at once I was wide awake, piling out of bed, grabbing my slippers, and on my way across the room to the shattered window. Jordan Bay! Wake up, Jordan Bay! Wake up! Who is that down there? Shiva. You make a habit of smashing people's windows, Shiva? I could not wake you up any other way. Well, I'm awake now. What's this all about? I must see you. Please, Effendi. It is most important. You can tell me from there. No, I cannot. Come down, Jordan Bay. Come down quickly. Oh, all right, I'll come down. This had better be good. I cut on a light, got dressed as quick as I could, and hurried down through the cafe. Shiva wasn't the usual type of boy that makes trouble around the native quarter. He sold papers not far from the tambourine, and he and I had become good friends. So just what he was up to had me wondering. He was waiting at the door. I had to see you, Jordan. All right, Sheba. First we talk about that broken window. No, there is little time. Please, we must hurry. How do we get it clear? What are you talking about? You must come with me. Who says so? This way, Jordan Bay. I will show you. Shiva was off and running excitedly down the deserted dark street with me after him. He led me past the mosque and under the minaret tower, then turned down the narrow Sharia Yuran. Not far on, he suddenly stopped, pointed to the black end of an alley, and drew away. I moved slowly back beneath the overhanging buildings. A groan came from somewhere. I stiffened till my eyes made out a heap lying near a garbage can. As I bent over, it moved. So then it was a man in native dress, badly beaten and suffering from knife wounds. I dragged him to where a thin moonbeam could play on his face. He was the last man I ever thought I'd find like this. Captain Sam Sabaya of the Cairo Police Force. It was easier to get Sam back to the tambourine than to look around for help. So Shiva gave me a hand, and a couple of minutes later, we were back at the cafe. And after forcing a hot cup of coffee down Sam's throat, I bathed his cuts and bruises and did what I could till he came out of it. Thank you. All right, Sam. Jordan. You're okay. Jordan, you... You have my gratitude. How is it now? All right. I... I can make it quite well. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm right there. I'm going to buzz the hospital and get somebody over here. Jordan, 
That will not be necessary. Think again, Sam. You've been wounded. You will call no one. Do you understand? No one. Hey, look, you're not thinking straight. I am fully aware of what I am saying. Now forget this. Forget everything. You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful split Croatia. What are you driving at? Listen, Sam, what's this all about? What happened to you? Jordan, you will keep out of this. It is none of your affair. Already you have seen too much. Sam, I'm just trying to help you. If you would help me, you will help me get up and permit me to go my way. All right. Have it your own way. Yes. Now, Jordan, please, think no more of this. Oh, sure, Sam. I'm just thinking of something you once told me. There is no time. An old saying of your people. He is your brother who shares your disaster. Yes, and I am reminded of a saying from the book of your people, Jordan. Yeah? Only the fool comes meddling. You sure make it clear enough. Jordan, for my sake and yours, keep out of this. Know nothing and say nothing to anyone. Well, if that's the way Sam wanted it, fine. It was his affair, and he could keep it that way. I'm not the kind that goes sticking his nose in other people's business, especially around Cairo. But in spite of all that philosophy, I found myself asking the little newsboy questions. I sell the papers tonight in the British sector, Effendi. Why are you up this time of night? It is a long way to my home. I live only a few doors beyond where you found him. All right, uh, tell me exactly what happened. I I passed the captain walking down the dark street... I knew he was your friend, that that he comes often to your cafe. Yeah, sure. Go on. It is very strange, Effendi. Just as I heard the cock crow, there were footsteps and I turned. Two figures came out of the alley and they grabbed the captain and began beating and kicking him. What'd they look like? It was dark and I could not tell. Besides, I saw the flash of a stiletto. I was afraid. Let's just say you were smart. All right, what next? I hid in the shadows as they dragged him into the alley and threw him to the ground. I did not know what else to do, so as soon as they were gone, I came for you. Shiva, you say you heard a cock crow? Yes, but I cannot understand. I, I never heard one there before. Doesn't make sense. Cock doesn't grow at night. I do not know. Jordan Bay, about the window, I, I am most sorry. Oh, forget it, son. You better run along home now. As you wish, Effendi. Oh, just one thing, Shiva. Like Sam said... Keep it to yourself, right? That is my promise, Jordan Bay. Good night. Getting Sabaya out of my mind wasn't easy. So the next day I checked the morning and afternoon papers, but there was no mention of the affair. Even with the Moesian's call at sundown, I'd heard nothing from him. I knew he said to keep out of it, but I couldn't. So I put in a call for him at headquarters. Are you calling? Hello, Greco. Put Sabaya on, huh? Sabaya is not here. Who is the speaking? You know me, Greco. Rocky Jordan. So, state your business, Mr. Jordan. I said put Sabaya on. Where is he? That is not my concern. You better make it your concern before they have your pound on the Bulak beat again. Mr. Jordan, it might interest you to know that there has been a change in the police department. What are you talking about? Sam Sabaya has turned in his badge. His what? Do I not make myself clear? Sabaya is no longer with the Cairo Police Department. But, but why? Why, Sergeant Greco? A correction, Mr. Jordan. It is now uh, Captain Greco. 
Well, that did it. From where I stood, it added up to too much trouble. Sam sure wasn't getting any help from the now Captain Greco. So without waiting around any longer, I decided to look him up. He lived in a modest old white house not far up from the Nile. That's where I went first. I knocked a couple of times with no answer, so I scratched around the window. The shade was partly drawn, and I couldn't see much. I was about to try the door again. Um, why does the Anglaise peer in at the window? Huh? Huh? Oh, uh, who are you, lady? I am the neighbor at the next house. Well, I'm looking for Sam Sabaya. You know anything about him? Oh, oh yes. Such a noble bay. So kind to his family. Yeah, yeah, but where is he? He is no longer here. Not for several days. What about the rest, the family? Oh, yes, but one wife, sir. Such a fine woman. Never have I seen such needlework. Uh, has she been around? Uh, she does not live here either. Very suddenly she left with the children. Well, the furniture's there. Somebody else moved in? No. No, that is the furniture of the Sabayas. It is there, but they are gone. Gone where? I would be most happy to tell you, sir, but I do not know. I thanked the lady and went back across the court and out the gate. I'd gone maybe three steps farther when an interesting mixture of garlic and perfume sidled up and stood in my way. Uh, would the senor permit me a moment? Not if it can wait. It is possible that you are a friend of the Sabayas. Why are you asking? Well, you see, senor, I am... Uh, <clears throat> bill collector. Unfortunately, they owe me some money and I must collect it. Well, lots of luck. Uh, uh, please, please. You do not like me, do you? Well, that is the fate of my profession. But one must earn money to live. Just what do you want? It is only that if you know of the Sabayas... And give I... it up, mister. I don't know a thing. Uh, thank you. Thank you so kindly. He said he was a bill collector, but I knew better. They don't send Italians to collect from native Egyptians. Anyhow, he lacked all the earmarks. His fingers were manicured, he was in continental dress, and the reek of perfume about clinched the deal. So I figured maybe I ought to do a little tailing on the guy. That wasn't hard. He turned along the almost deserted Sharia El Minya, seeming to go nowhere. Then suddenly I knew somebody was behind me. Before I could make a move, the second guy had pressed me up against the wall. Senor Jordan, for this stiletto will be slipped gently into the nap of your neck. Where'd you pick up my name? It does not matter. What does? You were following my friend. I got a reason. My friend does not like to be followed. He finds it disturbing. That all on your mind? A matter that should not concern you. A man you should forget. Meaning who? Sabaya. Yeah? You ask too many questions about him. You and your friend, the ones who worked Sam over? Persist in your concern, Senor Jordan, and the cock will crow again. What does that mean? You do not want to know. You will not like it. I don't like it already. Then I will leave you with one extra warning, Senor. This Next time I will wear a shoe with a heel of metal. It breaks the toes. Arrivederci. Monty Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Let's pay a little call on the Cronins. It's along about dinner time, and Don is just coming in from the yard. Let's listen. Hi, honey. 
See, I'm as hungry as that bear people are supposed to be as hungry as. Uh, what's for dinner? Oh, it's corned beef hash tonight, dear. See? Mm-hmm. I fixed it up special. Just the way you like it. Well, that's for me. Corned beef hash and plenty of catsup. That catsup with the special flavor I like so much. That's Del Monte catsup. I just wouldn't be without it. You can't beat it for flavor. Oh, Mrs. Cronin, you're so right. Friends, it's a fact. You just can't beat Del Monte catsup for real, satisfying flavor. Just pour some over hash or meatloaf or chops. You'll find that appetizing tomato flavor makes you want to come back for more. Mm-mm. Yes, ma'am, there'll be plenty of calls for second helpings when you use Del Monte tomato catsup. It's tangy, it's lively, it's rich. It's tomato flavor at its best. Look for Del Monte at your grocer's. You'll be surprised at its low cost. Try Del Monte catsup. Then, just like Mrs. Cronin, you'll be saying... You just can't beat Del Monte catsup for real tomato flavor. Now we return you to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Cairo Vendetta. I hadn't forgotten Sam Sabaya's warning to me to keep out of his trouble, whatever it was. But when a couple of guys, one waving a stiletto, crossed my path with a similar warning, I decided to poke around some more. Sam had been wounded by a stiletto. The two guys I'd mixed with were Italians, so that sent me down to the Italian sector. I figured Giuliano Bassetti, who edited the Italian-language newspaper in Cairo, might be of some help. I spotted him in a coffee shop and went over to his table. Well, well, Signor Jordan. Uh, will you join me for coffee? I don't mind if I do, Mr. Bassetti. It's been a long time. Yes, indeed it has. Uh, servo. Coffee for this uh, gentleman here, please. Uh, I can use some. Ah, what brings you to the Italian sector, my friend? Oh, looking for new faces, you might say. I hear there are a few around. Uh, they come and go. With an eye out for the next edition, I guess you'd be the first to notice. Mm, perhaps it is as you say. Ah, here is your coffee, Signor Jordan. Oh, nice. As it happens, there is a new element in our sector most recently. Hmm? Where they come from? Oh, most of them from the home country. Why certain of them come is hard to say. Sounds like there's been trouble. I wish I could deny it. Yes, there have been numerous incidents of violence in the sector. And deeply disturbing. Well, makes good news, doesn't it? Yes, true, but what is good for my paper is not always the best for my people. Any idea what's behind all this? Perhaps. The incidents seem to follow a pattern. Monday night, a man dies by the stiletto. Another Tuesday night, in the same manner. Knifing, shootings, beatings, and always certain key figures in the community. You said you might have some idea what's behind it. I'm listening. Uh, the Camorra. Let's have that again. The Camorra. You never heard of it? No. A secret society once powerful in southern Italy that has since spread to Italian communities throughout the world. You have heard of the Mafia? Yeah. The Camorra is similar, but it was thought to have died out some years ago. Oh, sort of a rebirth, huh? 
Yes, I'm afraid so. They are an evil clan, always seeking to gain their objectives by violence. You know, Bassetti, I think I know someone who's tussling with them right now. Hmm? His name? Not for publication. Oh, I understand. Mr. Jordan? Hmm? I pity him, whoever he is. Well, that cleared up something. I knew what was after Sam, anyway. Step number two was finding Sam and forcing my help upon him, whether he wanted it or not. I called Greco. He gave me nothing. I tried the police commissioner and a lot of Sam's relatives. Nobody knew a thing. And all the time that I was checking through Cairo to get a lead on Sam's whereabouts, what Shiva had told me about the cock that crowed at night rang through my mind. I couldn't fit it in, and I couldn't get that lead to Sam. Then I started thinking about Sam's wife and his family. He had covered up the big things real well, but how about some of the little items? That sent me on a new tack. I found out their laundry and called the manager and got him out of bed. Yes, hello. Hey, what kind of a laundry do you run, anyway? What? Who is this? Never mind who this is. I'm calling for Mrs. Sam Sabaya. You treat all your customers like that? I do not understand. Don't you realize she's got four kids, two of them babies? What do you think they're going to wear? But please, I... Now, where's that laundry she told you to send on out to Giza? Giza? Oh, now she said to send it to her cousin's country home in Mukatim. Okay, thanks. Wait, who is this? I wasn't to tell. Wait! Mukatim is a suburb high above the Nile to the south of Cairo. I made it there in less than an hour. And a little later, I'd found the house off in the hills a little way out of town. As I went in at the court, I saw a dim light from inside, so I knew somebody was there. They kept knocking. He's Markai. Miss Sabaya, I've got to talk to you. Oh, go away, please. I've retired for the night. But you remember me, Rocky Jordan? It's about Sam. He's not here. You know Sam's in trouble, Mrs. Sabaya. Yes, I know. I know. You must not be here. My husband would not want it. I've got to help him, whether he wants it or not. You've got to believe that. Very well. Come inside, Mr. Jordan. But only for a moment. The uh, children here with you? They are here and safe. Now, what is the news of my husband? A couple of Italians are looking for him. That is what I feared. Where is he? I do not know. All I know is that he is alone. It is his wish, and his wife does not question. It's the Camorra, isn't it, Mrs. Zabaya? Then you know. It is the Camorra, yes. But even more than that. I'd like to hear more about it. I do not know if I should tell you. Look, Mrs. Sabaya, I can figure there's a lot more to this than shows. The Camorra alone is a police problem. Why did Sam turn in his badge and quit the force? Because it is also a personal problem. Three years ago, my husband sent to prison the Baron Silvera for some act of violence in Cairo. Who's Silvera? He was the leader of the Camorra for the Italian Somaliland. His capture at the time seemed to put an end to the movement. Now, Silvera's free with a vendetta against Sam, huh? Yes, Mr. Jordan. Silvera is a man of vengeance. He has sworn death to my husband, and we fear some revenge against the family. That is why my husband wished us to be hidden here. That still doesn't explain why he turned in his badge. Sam's not the kind to quit when things get tough. My husband requested a temporary release so that he might go after Silvera in his own way, unrestricted by his office. Oh, I've got it now. But what of my husband? 
Baron Silvera's vengeance knows no bounds. Indeed, you know me well, Signora Sabaya. Silvera? At last. Good evening, Signor Jordan. We have met before. Recall? Yeah. See, you're using a gun to collect bills now, Silvera. Shall we say, uh, I've come to pay a debt. Where's your friend who likes to break toes? Chiano. Where he always is. But how did you find this place? My husband made certain we would not be found. Well, what could have been easier? We had only to follow the wily Senor Jordan. He did my work for me. Mr. Jordan... I'm sorry, Mr. Sabaya. Looks like I've done plenty. And now Sabaya's family will lead him to us. But we... We know nothing of him. She's telling the truth, Silvera. Perhaps. My plan is most simple. Already word has spread throughout Cairo. I am holding Senora Sabaya and her children hostages. Uh, I can take it from there. If Sabaya does not give himself up to me now, he will never see his family again. Well, he held us there in the room, and I had plenty of time to think about what I had done. And it didn't take long for Silvera's plan to pay off. The big hand of the clock on the wall hadn't gone halfway around before the phone rang. I, I, I will answer No, senora, no. Let Jordan pick up the phone. Uh. Jordan, I don't want to. Hello? Who is this speaking? It's Rocky, Sam. Jordan, what are you doing there? Uh, it doesn't make a lot of difference now. Jordan, tell me quickly, is it true that the Camorra have my family? Yes. Silvera's here. Silvera? Then you have led him there. Jordan, I warned you. I begged you to keep out of this. Yeah, I know, Sam. Leave it to me to fix everything. You have ruined my plans. Now there's nothing for me to do but give myself into their hands. Sam, there must be something. No, Jordan. Jordan, tell Silvera that I will be there as soon as possible. He'll be here. No. Oh, my poor husband. Let her and the children go, Silvera. (laughs) Indeed not. She will wait here with us. What happens then? Sabaya comes to me. Then I will have my vengeance in a most interesting manner at a most interesting moment. Well, we waited. Mrs. Sabaya, the four kids upstairs, Silvera and me waited for Sam to come. The Baron Silvera stood at the window, gazing out onto the courtyard through which Sam had to come wetting his lips and weighing his gun in his hand. Then we heard footsteps coming up the winding path and across the court. Finally, the door opened and Sam was standing before us. I've come, Silvera. Sam, my husband... You will not approach him. Do as he commands, my wife. And may Allah be with you always. Sam, I know it's my doing. I should have had more sense. I should have realized... Be not disturbed, Jordan. He is a small man who considers not his brother's welfare. But, Sam... We are at peace, Jordan. Silvera... I ask only mercy for my family. Do with me what you will. To do with you what I will is my exact intention. I've thought of nothing else these past few years. Last night I failed. Tonight I shall not. Sabaya, the time is late. Now come. I will follow you into the courtyard. You first, Sabaya. They started, the two of them. Sabaya first, Silvera behind him, holding the gun. This was the moment, and somehow I knew it, the moment Silvera had waited for. Sabaya in his hands. 
It was my fault, and there was nothing I could do. <laughs> Suddenly, I heard the cock crow, crowing at night like it had once before. And I knew what it meant, and I knew it alone could save Sam. Sam, hit the floor! <laughs> Sam dropped, and I moved in fast. My foot slammed into the small of Severa's back. <laughs> he stumbled over Sabaya and rolled sprawling into the courtyard. No, Chiela, i that shoot! Forget this thing! Grab Silvera's gun, Sam. Chiela's running. Sam's one clean shot dropped the fleeing Chiano in his tracks. And all at once, Sam and all his family were safe. Silvera and Chiano were dead. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. It's a fact. American housewives have bought more cans of Del Monte tomato sauce than any other brand. Why? It's the flavor. The rich, spiced tomato flavor that's never been matched since Del Monte originated tomato sauce. Yes, for a whole generation, women have depended on Del Monte tomato sauce to add that taste-tempting extra flavor to low-cost meals. Here is what one of California's good cooks, Mrs. John Falkenrath of San Leandro, California, said. I'm an experimenter. Naturally, in 39 years of cooking, I've tried many sauces. So I speak from experience, and lots of it. Del Monte sauce has the true tomato flavor, and its fine, rich color makes any dish look extra good. What's more, it's dependable. Always good, and always the same. Thank you, Mrs. Falkenrath. Yes, you can depend on Del Monte tomato sauce, just as you depend on all Del Monte foods. It's always good and always the same, the original tomato sauce. A secret combination of field-ripened tomatoes and fine seasonings that gives extra special flavor in cooking economical, everyday foods. Buy Del Monte tomato sauce next time you go shopping. Back now to Rocky Jordan. Well, with the death of Silvera and Chiano, it looked like the rebirth of the Camorra was ended. So after the smoke had cleared away, Sam's first thoughts were for his wife and kids back in the house. Well, that was no place for me, so I left after making a date to join him later at headquarters. Finally, I was sitting across from him at his desk as he enjoyed a hot cup of coffee in his usual way. So, Jordan, I think we need worry about the Camorra no more. Anyhow, not Silvera and his buddy. Family all right, Sam? Oh, yes. They are well and already back in Cairo. They and I wish to express our gratitude. Well, I got you into it, Sam. If you owe your life to anything, it's the crowing of the cock. And your ability to understand what it meant. Well, it wasn't hard to figure that Silvera wouldn't dirty his pretty fingernails with murder. He'd have his friend planted outside to do the work. And the crowing of the cock is the Camorra signal for the kill. I am not in... Oh, come in, Greco. I have here a list of all those known to have participated in the Camorra uprising. Oh, good, good, Greco. We will act at once. Jordan, if you will pardon me. Sure, sir. And me, Mr. Jordan. Oh, think nothing of it, Captain Greco. Uh, <clears throat> a correction, Mr. Jordan. It is once again Sergeant Greco.
For the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte catsup and chili sauce. Del Monte tomato sauce and canned tomato. And Del Monte tomato juice. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written by Gomer Cool and Larry Roman, stars Jack Moyles in the title role and is directed and produced by Cliff Howell with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arant. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Gum Queen. Looking for a cool, luscious dessert? Serve your family tempting Del Monte crushed pineapple heaped on your favorite ice cream or sherbet. Oh, there's flavor. Flavor that's really super delicious. Del Monte crushed pineapple, the brand that puts flavor first. Mid-Valley Mutations. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> 